Hey, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. I just want to say thank you for joining us here online. It is our prayer today that today's message would be helpful and meaningful to your life. If you're in the South Atlanta area, I would personally like to invite you to come to one of our three services on Sunday at 9 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12 p.m. We're located at 4401 Highway 155 North in Stockbridge, Georgia. You may visit our website for more information at sccview.net. Again, that's sccview.net. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you have a wonderful day. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so good to see you today. We're so glad that you are here today. Now, um, we're continuing our series, as Diane just said, of Love Is. And if you missed any of it, you can go on our website and listen to it or watch it online. I want to ask you to do me a favor, though. Inside of your program, there's a post-it note there. I'd like for every one of you today that will, is that I'd like for you to maybe write something on there that you've learned. Now, here's the deal. Don't put your name on here. We just want to put these on our uh, board outside on the porch as you're leaving. We'd like you to just stick that on there. So maybe today is your first time here. Well, maybe you'll learn something today in the message that that may help you. But we just want to know maybe what you learned through this series. So if you just write that on that, then that will help us. So maybe, you know, two or three words or something. Okay, well, and when you read 1 Corinthians 13, this is what we've been going through. The Bible has the only definition for love. The first word is, it says, love is patient. And so I have skipped over that part until now because I wasn't ready to share that with you but I think that I am today. So I want to sh- uh, share with you that love is patient today. That's our title. And, and then there's another verse in 1 Corinthians uh, 13 and 5. Again, just a few uh, words after love is patient. You find these words. Would you read them with me? 1 Corinthians 13 and 5. Let's, they're on the screen. Come on, let's read them together. Here we go. Love is not easily angered. Would you agree with me that uh, when, when you become impatient... Anger, anger crops up very easily, right? So I would say that patience and easily angered, all that works together uh, a lot. Matter of fact, I read um, this week that Thomas Jefferson, almost 200 years ago, had this statement. He said, when you get angry, count to 10. When you get very angry, count to 100. And then you go, you know, like 100 years ago, 100 years after Thomas Jefferson, there's a guy by the name of Mark Twain. Mark Twain wrote this. He said, when you get angry, count to four. When you get real angry, swear. Not a lot's changed, has it, in, in over 100 years. But now today, we don't, you don't just say that, but we also, you know, like shoot them up, bang, you know, shoot people if you get angry. And we live in a very, very hostile world. Would you agree with that? Would you agree that people today, their fuse is very, very short? I mean, like, you know, this week I was going to meet my son for dinner, and uh, I was driving up, uh, uh, and I-20 was all backed up, and I was going the opposite direction. I was like, what in the world's going on? And it was someone who'd gotten shot on I-20, uh, their road rage. It was just crazy as to how short people's fuse are today. So we want to talk about that. So I want to use some emojis today to help me impress in your mind something today that maybe help you for the rest of your life and and this using the word patience so look at these emojis with me look at look at what it says on the screen patience equals what let's try that again patience equals what and then impatience equals what 
selfish. So there's a choice. And so either I'm going to practice patience and I'm going to be selfless or I'm going to become impatient and really being selfish. And I can tell you that, you know, I, I discovered this principle probably about six months ago. I was studying this uh, passage of Scripture and, you know, because we all... How many of you beside me say, okay, I struggle with patience? Anybody in this room? All right, good. That's, we're in great company today. The rest of you are probably liars, you know? Uh, but what I discovered is this, is that really, probably 80% of the time that I'm struggling with, with, being, with patience or being impatient is that usually selfish. There's usually something that where I feel like, you know what, that this person should know better than this. You know, like, like yesterday, Rhonda and I, or Friday, Rhonda and I was uh, coming out of Home Depot, or, or we was actually in the checkout line for Home Depot, and this person, you know, was in front of us, and, and their daughter was there with these items, and this guy kept running to the counter, putting items down, and saying, wait a minute, and he'd go way to the back of the store and come back, and the cashier, instead of saying, sir, just get all your stuff, and I'll check you out when you get done, no, she said, she said, okay, I'll wait. And she went right on her cell phone and started texting someone. Yes! I don't cuss, but I wanted to. Man, are you kidding me? So, so we have to struggle with that. We all struggle with that. So the Bible says this. Uh, let's look at James 1 and 9. James 1 and 9, we've been, 1 and 19, actually. We've been saying this over and over this this, uh, through this series, and I hope that you're getting it because that helped me in Home Depot yesterday, and it says this, you must all, uh, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and what? slow to what? Slow to get angry. That doesn't mean that we don't get angry. We do get angry. You just got to be slow to get there. You know, don't be so quick to go there. And there's many people, that, many people like I've struggled with this, you know, they, we just go right there. Well, you should not just go right there. It should be slow. So it's not a sin to get angry, it's just a sin to get there real quickly because you're probably going to do something in the process. All right? So Jesus dealt with anger in Matthew 10 and 13 and 14. Lord it says, it says, One day some uh, parents brought their children to Jesus so he could touch them and bless them. But his disciples scolded the parents for bothering him. Now let's just read what's underlined together. You ready? Come on. When Jesus saw what was happening, he was... He was angry with his disciples. And he said to them, Let the children come to me. Do not stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. You see, Jesus got upset. And let me just tell you something. If you want to know something that tick up, ticks God off, ticks Jesus off, it's messing with the children. And that's why a couple weeks ago, you know, when this bathroom issue happened, I felt like we had to make a statement about that, and we had to speak up as people, and we have to say, you know, enough, why? Because that ticks God off, and we have to speak up for the children, and SEC is always about taking care of our children. We believe that that's our responsibility. And so, let me just say this to you. Jesus got angry, so you say, well, and we just discovered that anger is not a sin, right? It's not a sin uh, to get angry, but it is a sin to be angry. Did you hear that? There's a difference between getting angry and being angry. Would you agree with that? I mean, like, the people that walk around with a chip on their shoulder and say, I dare you, they wake up every morning, I dare you to just wave your hand by and knock that chip off my shoulder. Those are angry people. And listen, I just want to be gut-level honest with you today. I hope you can handle this. 
But your pastors struggle with that. Maybe that wasn't my attitude all the time. But there's some things that I had to deal with because I found myself being angry. You know, being really quick to just, just let myself, you know, especially those that were closer to me, to let myself go off, you know, on them. And so I had to deal with this. And so today I want to help you. And that's why I want you to, to view anger as being impatient. And realize what, when you're being impatient is that, you know, really you're probably being selfish. And I had to learn these lessons. Okay, so I want to give you, uh, usually I do one, two, three, four. Well, today we're going to reverse that because we're going to do sort of a countdown today to the things that I think will help you uh, with anger more than anything else. So we're going to start with number four, and we'll get down to the one thing that I think will be most helpful. So number four, here we go. You ready? Break the habit of anger. Break the habit of anger. Would you write that down? Break the habit of anger. Now again, it is my job today to teach you to teach you so that it will help you so that you don't have these anger issues and that you can get over them. And so today I want to instill in your mind something that's so silly that you're going to never, ever be able to forget it. So let's look at our patience thing again. You ready? Here we go. So patience equals what? And impatience equals? So every time that you look on your cell phone, you see those little emojis that someone sends you, I hope that you will think, okay, when you see the smiley face, you will think, patience, I'm selfless. And when you see the frowny face, you will think, impatient, selfish. So you never, ever forget it. Because remembering it is what helps you control it. So breaking the habit of anger. Now, would you agree with me that it's easy, uh, especially in our culture today, to get caught up in being angry. We live in an angry culture, right? I mean, people are short-fused. I mean, you don't believe it. Just take a trip up I-75, 285, right? People are angry. I mean, man, you just, I'm telling you, like, uh, you know, like if you accidentally, you know, forget to get in the turning lane and you go, oh, no, I got to get over. Well, the traffic's lined up. You turn your signal on. You may wait there five minutes. Now, you ain't getting in front of me. Heck no, you ain't get in front of me, buddy. And I think I met one of you out there the other day. No, I'm just kidding. But, but you know what I'm saying? I mean, we're like that, right? We just sort of live in this culture. So my, my question to you today is that you may be asking, and I've asked, what is the cause of anger? What makes us all so angry? Here's what I'll tell you. The one word that I come up with that I think will be true for you is true for me, and the word is I don't like it. I'll just be honest with you. I don't like it is the word arrogance. Arrogance. When I take myself so serious, you see, the reason that we get angry is this, is that we feel like that when we get angry, someone is not showing us the respect that we think we deserve. Did you hear that? When we feel like that someone is being disrespectful for us, and I, is the word disc, is that right? Is that the slang word, disc? I disc you? Help me somebody. Is that right? Come on. What is it? Shout it out. This, say it again. You chickens, you're scared to say it too, aren't you? When we feel, I don't know, I can't say it. The kids say it. I, I, I'm not cool. I told you, I'm not cool. But anyways, and so when we feel like we're being disrespected, all of a sudden we get angry, right? And that's what causes the root of anger. And I would say this to you. Here's the deal. When you stop showing your angry, you'll quit. When you stop showing your anger, you'll quit being angry. Did you hear that? When you stop showing your anger, you'll quit being angry. When you quit acting angry, you'll quit feeling angry. You see that? 
And so as long as you have these habits, and that's what it is a habit. Many of us grew up in homes where people just immediately, to get what they want, they just flew off the handle and they used anger to, to sort of get people in line. And we grew up with that. And I'm going to tell you, listen, that's a bad habit. And it's that, it's a habit. It's just what you naturally go to that you do over and over again. And it's not helpful, it's harmful. And if that's you, nobody likes you. Do you like angry people? I mean, do angry people make you feel warm? Like when you get around, you know, you know this person that could go off, they fly off the handle all the time. This person could go off on you. Do you like hanging out with them all the time? Heck no! You got, you, if you're forced to go to a restaurant, whether you go, dear God, please don't let them go off on anybody, you know? Because they know the waitress is never going to get it right. The cashier is not going to get it right. Nobody's going to get it right. Or maybe their husband or their wife's going to say something, and they're going to go off. And they think they're so cool for that. I showed them. Yeah, you showed them. You showed them your tail. Anybody following me today, tracking with me? And here's the problem. I've been that person. The first way you get over anger is you start realizing that I've been that. And maybe that's you today. And so we want to say that it's a habit that we have to break. We have to break the habit. Proverbs 25 and 28 says this, If you cannot control your anger, you are as helpless as a city without walls, open to attack. In other words, you're defenseless is what the Scripture says. You know, you see, I see so many people say, you know what, well, you know, I just lose it. I just lost it on that person, and they brag about it. Like, you know, I told them off. I just went off on them. I lost it. Let me just tell you something. Just think about that a moment. What you're saying is, I lost all control, and I just let myself blah. Come, whatever wanted to come out, let it come out. What you're saying is that when you lost it, you're saying, I lost control. And what that means is, you gave someone else control. As soon as you lose it, somebody else gains it. And the problem in our culture is, sometimes they're five years old that get control. My kids made me lose it. Hmm, you just gave all control to a 10-year-old. See what I'm talking about? Because if you feel like you say, they, they just made me so mad. My kids make me so mad. Guess what? Well, they know what it takes to get you to that point. And then when they get you to that point, they usually get what they want because you feel so guilty afterwards, you'll give them whatever they want. They'll endure the, they'll endure the, ah, 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 because they like the guilt that comes after that. And you go, oh, you know, I shouldn't have done that. What can I do for you, baby? They know how to work you. And really, so they're in control. They're, you lost it. They're in control. I know that affects nobody in this room right now, right? Baloney macaroni. Ephesians tells us how to handle this. Ephesians 4 and 26. Look what the Bible says. You ready? Look at it with me. In your anger, do not what? You know what that means? Why don't you just get a, once you circle do not sin, and once you put a little arrow out beside that and say, cool down. Cool down. Because if you don't cool down, you're going to sin. You're going to say things you wish you hadn't said. You're going to do things you wish you had, to, uh, have, had not done. Now let's just ask the question. How many of you in this room, have, when you got mad, you said something you wish you hadn't said, or you did something you wish you had not done? Anybody? Let me see your hands. All right? Okay, I still see a few liars here. I'm working on that. We're going to have altar service in a few minutes, and you just come on down and fill it up today. Acting like you got your little halo on. I'm going to tell you, if you wear a halo too long, look what happened to me. 
<laughs> Rhonda might say, yeah, do they grow this way? So, so he says, so do not sin, so cool down. Then the next part of it says, do not let the sun go down, on, down while you are still angry. It's what he's saying. Not only do you cool down, but you, you deal with it before the day's over. So you, you don't deal with it then because you'll say the wrong thing the wrong way, but you let it out before the day's done. You've got to deal with it. Why? Because you'll hold it in. And, you, and that's called this bitterness, and you, it'll just grow inside of you. You see, many people in this room, when it comes to anger, many of you are skunks. What does that mean? That means when something happens, you go off and you stink up the whole room. Everybody knows you're upset. Blah, 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 blah. But there's others of you in this room, the way you deal with anger is you're a turtle. And you just sort of pull in your shell. See, and the only problem with that is that if you hold it in there, it'll turn into bitterness and it will eat you up. It will eat you up. So he says, do not sin. And do not give the devil a foothold. What is that? It's like... You know, rock climbing, like if you ever done these rock climbing walls, you know, when my kids were younger, we'd do those rock climbing walls, and I love to show them that their old man still had it, you know? I still like to show them that. Okay, never mind, anyways. I forget, this crowd here has got their halos on. But anyways, so we'll go up there, and we'll climb those rocks, you know, and you've got to find the right place for your foot. If you don't, if your foot misses that, you will fall, baby. I mean, that's why they have that rope on. You will go down. And so with the devil, your anger, your, your attitude is, guess what? It's a foothold for him if you, don't, if you don't deal with this. Why? Because when you get mad, it's very easy for him to put thoughts in your mind that you normally wouldn't think, and you will act on them when you're mad. That's why you do things that you normally would not do when you're angry is because he fills your mind with those thoughts, and you'll just blah. And you'll do it, and you'll have regret to live with. So don't give the devil a foothold. You see, the Bible says... Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. In other words, don't go to bed upset. Don't go to bed mad. You know, why go to bed mad when you can stay up and fight? So, to help you with this, look at our next steps here. To help you with this, look what it says in the middle, in the middle box on the back of your connection card. It says, I will ask God to help me deal with my anger daily. I hope you'll check that box because every one of us deal with anger the only way. Maybe you're not the one that goes, you know, your anger is spewed all over everybody, but you hold it in. We want to pray for you this week. Okay, number three, you ready? Number three, guard your relationships. Guard your relationships. You will become angry. Oh, let me, oh, oh I almost forgot. I got to seal this in your mind. I got to mess you up today with these emojis. So let's say this together. You ready? Let's talk about patience. Here we go. Let's read it together. Ready? Patience equals, impatience equals selfish. So remember that. So if you hang around people that are angry, you will become angry. The Bible says it in Proverbs 22, 24, and 25. He says, don't hang out with angry people. Don't keep company with hotheads. Bad temper is what? Contagious. It's like a disease, like a plague. Don't get infected. Don't get infected. There are people in your life that you know who they are, and if you're sitting beside them, you just keep looking at me. There's people in your life that have a way of firing you up or calming you down, right? You know there's people in your life that there can be little bitty issues, little bit, something little bitty, but if you hang around them long enough, they will make that little bitty thing so big and so bad. They'll have you so fired up. They'll get you so mad about it that you'll go out and you will say things you regret. 
Because they fired you up. And there's other people in your life that calm you down. And listen, you cannot just hang out with hotheads. If you do, it will rub off on you. You have to limit your time with people like that. Now, you say, Pastor Jeff, well, what if, I, what if it's my husband or my wife? Again, look at me. Okay, look at me. What if, what if it's my husband or wife? What if it's a school teacher? What if it's my employer? What if it's that? Here's what I would tell you. The first thing that the proverb says is a gentle word turns away wrath. In other words, if you know how they are, and when they're, when they're having one of those moments, you know you've got two buckets in your hand, right? You've got a bucket of gasoline, you've got a bucket of water, and what you say is going to determine the size of that fire. If you say, yeah, let me tell you something, I hear you running your mouth all the time, but as soon as you say that, you just threw gas on the fire, it's going to get bigger, and it's going to last a lot longer, Right? You got water in the other bucket. And you, you know what? You can just say, at that moment, when they're going off and they're having that moment, you can say, listen, take that water and, and you say this. You say, listen, are you okay? Is everything okay? What, did something happen today? You begin to try to understand what's going on. And when you do, you just pour water right on that fire. And what they may tell you is that, you know, maybe something tragic happened that morning. Maybe... You know, maybe, maybe their, their, their child is sick or maybe, you know, there's a strain, strain, you know, at work or something. But at that moment, you try to get understanding. Let me just tell you this about understanding. Patience always hitches a ride with understanding. In other words, when I understand what's going on in your life, I have more patience with you. Would you agree with that? When I understand that there's, cry, when there's things that's going on, that you're struggling with something. Listen, when someone has just, you know, suffered like they are lost, like they, maybe they lost a spouse or they, they've lost a close friend or something, don't, isn't it amazing how that all of a sudden our patience with that person goes up because we know they're struggling? And so get understanding. When you get understanding, then guess what? You can see the real issue and you'll be a little more calm. The Bible says it this way. Proverbs 11 and 12. He says, the one who has understanding does what? Oh, 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 oh. Home Depot, Friday. I'm like this. Mm-hmm. Can you, Ron, we go, mm-hmm. I'm serious. Like, I mean, I thank God for this series because... This series helped me to hold my tongue. Had I not been preaching on this series and teaching and, and trying to get this in my life, I would have told that, like, listen, ma'am, I don't know who you, listen, I don't know who you think you are pulling out your cell phone and texting everybody in the world, we got this line right here, why don't you put that stuff aside and help us? Now you know what I wanted to say, don't you? And that was edited, by the way. But I'm telling you, you know what? The Holy Spirit of God has to help me. Without God's Holy Spirit, I'm a mess. I just want you to know, without God's Holy Spirit, you wouldn't like me. And I wouldn't like you either. I thank God. I know some of you. I thank God he's in your life. Hallelujah. I, I, I know. Amen. Rhonda, Rhonda tell you too, she said, I thank God. for. She said, I thank God you read your Bible, Jeff. Oh, I do. Look at Proverbs 17 and 27. Look what it says. Proverbs 17 27. Are you ready? Get your pens out. This is key. This is our memory verse. Here we go. A truly wise person. Would you circle wise person? Uses, what's those next two words? 
Okay, would you circle that, okay? Circle truly wise person, few words, and then draw an arrow to, between them. If you want to be truly wise, you use few words. He goes on and says this way. A person with understanding is even-tempered. Now, if a truly wise person uses few words, what is a person who uses many words? Dumb. I've been dumb. Dumb, dumb. Matter of fact, you know, I thank God for the people that I work around because they know me, they have understanding, they understand me. And there's many times that I'll try to, to say something to give a compliment or something, and I realize that that didn't say exactly what I wanted to say, so I'll try to, you know, try to make that better and say something else to try to make it better and only dig a hole deeper. You know what I'm talking about? And thank God they have understanding. They know, oh, he's trying, okay? And usually most of them will say, hey, why don't you just stop right there? Listen, when you use a lot of words, when you keep talking and talking and talking, listen, if you just be quiet, people will think you're smart. But some of you, you just keep running out flapper, and people are like, man, I just don't know. The more you talk, the dumber you look. The Scripture says that. And I have been the key to this, this thing before. Talking too much, especially when you're angry, right? Sometimes it is best just to button up. That's what God's teaching me as well. Okay, number two, let's write this down. You ready? Number two, here's a, here's, this is the second most important. Get some rest. Get some rest. If you don't want to be an angry person, get some rest. So again, because I want to seal this in your mind and in your heart, because I want to help you, I want you to be better. I want you to be, you know, not just ordinary, but extraordinary. We're going to look at the word patient again. You ready? Let's read it together. You ready? Patience equals? Impatience equals? Which one do you want to be? That's the question. I want to seal this in your spirit, in your heart, so that it might remind you, so that you can be the person that you want to be. You see, most often than not, Many of us today, we become angry because we're just simply tired and we're hungry. We're either hungry. Both of those don't work well together, you know? And there's many times in our life, just like in the Old Testament, you know, that God showed us this happens. And sometimes we get tired, we get depressed, and we get angry. And there's a guy by the name of Elijah one time in the Scripture God talks about this guy who was a prophet of God, and there were these false prophets in the land, and there were the, the, the false prophet was named Baal. And so these uh, 450 of these prophets that worship Baal encouraged God's people to worship Baal. And Elijah said, oh, no, I've had enough of this stuff. No, we're going to meet and see which God is really God. So they met up on the mountain, Mount Carmel. They met up on top of this mountain. They built an altar, put a sacrifice on it, and they said, okay, the God, when you pray to your God, Elijah said, you pray to your God, you 450, pray to your God, and the God that answers by fire will be the God of, the, of all the people. They all agreed, and guess what? Elijah stood back, and those guys got out. They went, hey, 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 woo, yeah, 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 woo. I'm sorry, a little animated, but that's what they did. And they just went crazy like that, doing all this stuff. And after a while, Elijah said, hey, it's your God. He can't hear. Maybe you need to do a little, hee. Nothing happened. So finally, Elijah said, I'll tell you what, fellas, just to make this even, why don't you just get some water and pour on that wood right there? 
And Elijah prayed, and when he prayed, the fire came straight down from heaven. God lit the altar up, uh, lit that wood up with fire, and then the, it would consume the, the offering there. And guess what? The 450 prophets of Baal were killed because they were false prophets. And Elijah, guess what? When he walks out that day, he just defeated 450 men by just one prayer. When you walk away with that, don't you feel like the man? The man. You know, I am the man. Because everybody's saying, whoa, we're going to Elijah's God. He walks off of that mountain, then go that far, have this big, I'm the man. He meets one lady, one lady, her name is Jezebel, and says, Jezebel says to him, you think you're something. I'll tell you, by the, by the end of the day, I'm going to have your head. And because he was tired, he took off running, scared to death. And the Bible says he began to pray to God and say, God, why don't you just go ahead and kill me too? Depression set in. And you know what the instruction from God was? Is to lay down and take a nap. Look at the Bible. First Kings just said this. First Kings nineteen to five. It says, "Then he lay down under the tree and fell asleep. All at once, an angel touched him and said, Get up and eat.' And guess what? He got up and ate. Then he took a nap again. And then he got up because his journey was long. And so, what I want to tell you is this: is that God sent an angel all the way from heaven just to tell Elijah, take a nap and then get up and eat. Take a nap and get up and eat." Maybe that's the best thing that you could do for yourself today and everybody else. Maybe you leave here today, you go feed yourself good. And then you go home, turn off your phone, turn off the little dingers, and you take you a good nap. Moms and dads got small children. Maybe you just buy a bag of potato chips, throw it into the room, lock the door, and you go your way. <laughs> I don't know. But maybe that's the most spiritual thing you can do today is take a nap. Because, listen, you're tired. And listen, when you get tired, when kids get tired, they get what? Cranky, ill, right? And they just want to tell you, maybe nobody's had enough guts to tell you, but you're cranky. And nobody likes you right now. So go take a nap. Get better, amen? Amen, okay. So we have to learn to do that. So he... Too busy equals angry. I should say that as well. On the back of your connection card, I got a prayer for you to pray. A box I want you to check says, I will do my best to protect my day of rest. That's why God created the Sabbath day, so you would have a day of rest. I hope that you do that. Why? Because it's for your benefit that you can get better. You can never, ever be a better parent. Listen, I know many of you are great parents in here, and you've got your kids in all these things. You're running them all over the place all the time. But here's the deal. Would they rather see you angry like you are and have them in everything? Or would they rather you just maybe not have them in everything and have a little more peace in your home? You see, our kids are looking for peace. They're looking for peace. You know, the kids that are, that are so struggle, stressed out that usually when they graduate high school, it's usually the, probably about, about 40% end up having to go on medication because they're so stressed out. Why not let's teach them how to rest? Amen? Okay, I didn't expect you to amen that. Okay, number one. Here's the number one thing here, dealing with stress, or uh, actually helping us with patience, and that is to release your worries to God. Would you write that down? Release your worries to God. <coughs> Again, because I want to scar you in such a good way that you never forget what patience is, would you look at these emojis again with me, and let's read them together. Are you ready? Come on. Patience equals... Impatience equals, which one do you want to be? That's the question. Which one do you want to be? 
Some of you today got to make a choice right now before you walk out of this building because you walked in one way. You got to leave the other way. Okay? The Bible says this in Psalms 37, 8 and 9. Stop your anger. Turn off your wrath. Don't fret and worry. It only leads to harm. For the wicked shall be destroyed, but those who trust the Lord shall be given every blessing. So many times when you're stressed out and you're worried, you've got to say, what's going on? Why am I so worried? And many times if you can understand what's going on inside of you, you can get better. And it reminds me of one of my favorite movies of all time, Toy Story. Woody gets upset because Buds is coming in. He thinks Buds is going to get all, all the, uh, Andy's attention anymore. And he gets very angry. Why don't you just watch this clip with me? According to my Nava computer, the... Shut up! Just shut up, you idiot! Sheriff, this is no time to panic. This is the perfect time to panic! I'm lost, Andy is gone, they're going to move from their house in two days and it's all your fault! My, my fault? If you hadn't pushed me out of the window in the first place... Oh, yeah, well if you hadn't shown up your stupid little cardboard spaceship and taken away everything that was important to me... Don't talk to me about importance, because of you, the security of this entire universe is in jeopardy. What? What are you talking about? Right now, poised at the edge of the galaxy, Emperor Zerg has been secretly building a weapon with the destructive capacity to annihilate an entire planet. I alone have information that reveals this weapon's only weakness. And you, my friend, are responsible for delaying my rendezvous with Star Command. You are a toy! You weren't the real Buzz Lightyear, you're, a, you're an action figure! You are a child's plaything! You are a sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. Farewell. How many people say that about us, right? You are a sad, strange little man, you know, or little woman. The Bible says that we're to give this to God. That's the way we deal with it. Give it to God. Either you're going to pray or you're going to worry. You're going to pray or you're going to worry. And worry equals anger. When you get all tore up on the inside, you get angry. Look what the Scripture says, Philippians 4 and 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about what? Everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. It's God's peace is what you're missing. It's God's peace what the world is missing. His peace will guard your heart and your mind as you live in Christ Jesus. I, I come across a, a, a story of a man who actually had a problem with anger. And he would tell people, you know, when my children were younger, I had such a problem with anger. And his daughter, who had grown up, she said, Dad, I never remember you being angry. He said, oh, honey, I was so angry. And she said, well, Dad, I don't remember. He said, I'll tell you. He said, honey, you remember that tree we had out by the driveway? He said, she said, yes, I, I remember there was a tree there. He said, honey, you know how it was always had things wrong with it? He said, yeah, I remember, like, there would be times that limbs would be, like, hanging down off of that tree. He said, because every day when I come in from work or whatever, I went out to that tree, and I took my anger out on that tree. I would rip limbs off of that tree. And he said, finally, I got so mad, I took an axe, and I cut that tree down. Maybe you need to take your anger out on a tree. Not the tree in your yard. I want to invite you to take a trip up a hill with me called Calvary. And there is a tree 
That when you go there and you say, God, you vent vertical. God, this is going in my life. I'm, I'm so angry about this. And when you vent to Him, when you vent your, pour your anger out to God, God will pour His peace into you. The secret that I'm learning and I am learning. Am I perfect? Heck no. But I am learning that if I can just commune with Him, if I can just commune with Him, if I can just take it to Calvary and lay it at the foot of the cross, He infills me with His Holy Spirit that gives me the ability to learn to move on in peace. In peace. Would you stand with me? I want to pray for you, and then our prayer team is going to come down, and they want to pray with any of you who have an individual need. I'd love for you to come and pray with them. People get healed, and all kinds of things happen when they come and pray with our prayer partners. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, all of us today <clears throat> struggle with being impatient. Lord, we really struggle with being selfish. That's the bottom line. Lord, we really struggle with being selfish more than anything else. God, today, I ask that your Holy Spirit would check all of our hearts. There's some people in this room, God, that walked in today, and they're, Lord, they haven't spoke to anybody. There's been, there's been a, a relationship that they haven't spoken to a person in over a year. Lord, maybe it's six months or six weeks. And it's because, Lord, they're willing to, they're saying, I feel disrespected by this person. It's built up pride. And God, today, I pray that you would pull the walls down. I pray, Holy Spirit, as we begin to sing this song, oh God, that as we lift up your name, Lord, that you would pull down the walls and today we would walk out of here free men and women and today we would take our anger to the cross of Jesus Christ, to that tree that's on that hill. Today we would take that, our anger there and we would receive your peace, oh God. I pray it today in the name of Jesus for everyone. Today, would you lift your voices as we sing, and would you put your anger at the foot of the cross and receive his peace today. In Jesus' name I pray. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.